from Cleveland, Ohio. This is the Cleveland Stage Podcast with your hosts, Tyler Whitten and Ian Wolfgang Hins. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Cleveland Stage Podcast. I'm your co-host, Tyler Whitten, Associate Artistic Director at Ensemble Theater, here with my co-host... Ian Hens, Director here at Ensemble Theater. And we're here with our guest, Kyle Huff, who is directing the Caucasian Chalk Circle, the first show for Shahirazad Theater Company here yep. in Cleveland. They're going to be performing at the Playground Theater. Uh, and Kyle, you're directing the play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we just, uh, fa- me, August Scarpelli, and Kayla Davis all started our own theater company, and Ensemble is kind enough to help us get our feet up you know get our feet on the ground and so we'll be going up october 27th and running through november 12th so tell us a little bit about uh shaharazad theater company what is it how did you guys all know each other and and what was the the genesis behind starting this company and where did you come up with this name that nobody's gonna pronounce <laughs> properly how do you spell it that's my other question it's uh s-h-a um, sorry, S H A H R A Z A D. There's multiple ways to spell it, but that's how we spell this. Our our company, Shahrazad Theater Company. It's a good um, marketing tool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shahrazad is the character from a thousand uh, a thousand and one Arabian Nights, and she told stories to the king. She's you know the kind of meta of the stories that she told all of these stories to the king that wanted to marry her so that she could save her life and all the lives of the women that he killed previously because they were boring and after she tells him a thousand one stories they get married and live happily ever after so she is telling stories to save her life and other people's lives and that's kind of what we're so it took telling him a thousand and one stories before he was like he was pretty dense i mean a thousand stories didn't do it (laughs) no a thousand and one it was that one more sometimes you need that little extra push do you think there was a part of her who was like i should have just started with that (laughs) that last story (laughs) This whole time, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's but that's what we were kind of doing. Uh, August, August, and Kayla and I all met in college at Hiram Hiram College. We all did theater there, and we all got our degrees from there. And we we've been doing theater in Cleveland for I've been doing it probably for what seven years now, and they've been doing it for roughly amount the same amount of time. And we we just. There was a lot of good theater in Cleveland that really inspired us to kind of make and want to do our own thing, but there was also a lot of uh, theater going on in Cleveland that we think lacked a certain um, aspect that we thought that we could bring to the table. Um, our, Our mission kind of with Scheherazade, to get really formal, is that we really wanted to make a company that made performances that were really all-encompassing in their theme and in their world and also to make stories that were kind of challenging, you know, something that, to, to sound corny, um, that the storyteller Shahrazad would tell. So with, like, Chalk Circle here, we our vision with this play is that um, we'd like to do... The, the story of Chalk Circle is pretty basic. It's the, the King Solomon story where, you know, you have two women, they're fighting over a baby, and someone's like, okay, we're going to draw a circle, and they pull the baby, and whoever doesn't pull the baby up, you obviously care about this child, it's yours. Um, and... Basically, the story takes place within um, a town that puts it on. That They do this after a dispute about a valley, and we really wanted to make the whole world of the play about this town. So it's the production, we're kind of going with a play within a play idea. And, we th- and, I, and I haven't really seen a lot of theater around Cleveland trying to be that immersive or try and be that um, forthright with a lot of things. 
but that's that's our basic idea. So this is a new translation of the Bertolt yeah. Brecht. Yeah, um, we we translated uh, the entire play from German. Um, Who's we? We meaning uh, myself, uh, August Scarpelli, and Kayla Davis. You speak German? Uh, yes, some. Um, but also, with the power of technology, you are able to translate nearly anything. You I guys think. Google translated it? Not so much. No. Uh, in fact, <laughs> Google Translate, no, I, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Google Translate will give you a literal translation of every single word. Sure. However, you know, luckily for us, uh, people thought that Bertolt Brecht was pretty important before we did. And so there are lots of other translations out there. And you can kind of strike a nice middle road by looking at what people wrote, uh, what Bertolt Brecht wrote in German, and then kind of strike what, you know, what we think and what what we're trying to do with our production. Now, there were a lot of cases where in the play, like with verse, uh, Bertolt Brecht gets really weird. He has music and he has, you know, uh, different styles of verse within the play. And it doesn't tran always translate over well, so we had to kind of write our own. And so we've really put our, our own mark while also respecting Brecht's text as well. The Jeherazade mark. Yes. The so would you call it a translation or an adaptation? I think it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. I think it's say it's a little bit of both. Um, an adaptation in the sense that we are trying to fit it to our production, like with the means that I said that we were going to try and do it, but also a, a translation. Brecht has really good words, and he's a much better playwright than I think any of us. And so we really tried to respect that and try and get you know, his vision across, as well as you know, um, not imposing too much, um, but also trying to make it work within our own construct, if that makes sense. Sure. So what drew you guys to this particular play? Well, first we wanted to do, um, first we wanted to do Three Penny um, in kind of a similar style, but uh, with Three Penny, it's actually uh, larger. There's a lot more music and it presented a, a fair number of problems, especially with a lot of people's preconceived notions with, well, are you doing the vile music, or are you doing this kind of decision? Um, but with Chalk Circle, we found that it kind of said similar things that we wanted to say, but it was also significantly easier. Um, it also has you know just as many parts. There's easily 45 plus characters in the show um, that I have 11 actors playing. But um, yeah, we felt that this kind of fulfilled that same need, and we also just, I, th I think, um, not to get too political, but I'm going to get political, that with the rise of certain actions that our president has made, I think it, it made Chalk Circle a lot more relevant as well. And so it's something I think we needed to say. Yeah, so it's speaking to the climate of today, you think? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why did you choose a Brecht play? What's the... <laughs> Is, is there something specific that draws you to his work, or is that just a, a lifelong goal of yours to do German drama? Yes to both. <laughs> yes to both. To uh, the obscure German dramas <laughs> from their most famous playwright? <laughs> yeah, no, it, a bit of both. Like, again, you know, after recent political events came on, um, Brecht makes a lot of sense. He was very big and being anti-fascist he was also a communist but that's a different that's a different realm um, but he was very big on being against that and it shows up in a lot of his plays and uh, that's something we really wanted to bring to the table um, and also I think that 
he has a style that I think we've kind of went away from that I would really love to see again. It's very stripped down. Um, even in terms of plot, you know, there's really, it's really kind of bare bones and it makes you focus on a lot of different things. And I didn't really see that around Cleveland a lot. And I think Brecht is a really smart dude and his plays need to be done. So you talk about a style mm-hmm. and you talk about um, his theory of alienation. Yeah. Is that, can you kind of speak to that? How does that affect the adaptation oh absolutely um so like i said before uh there's music in chalk circle um it's very weird music uh (laughs) and i even if we didn't do it ourselves you know there was really nothing i could find in terms of like a score so brecht to to give a pretext for people who don't really know um brecht liked to use the term alienation where he would take familiar elements in a play or within his plot and he would make those familiar things weird um, we are going to try that. Oh, he would do that in the sense of like, he wouldn't, he wouldn't try and trick you into make you notice that you were watching a play. He would constantly have you know very minimal minimal costumes or set work. He didn't like to dress his plays up. He wanted to take very familiar thing plays, and he wanted to make them weird and to make you focus on certain elements. In his case, he wanted to impose change upon every you know want you go out of the theater and he wanted you to change things with his place um we are going to try and honor that um with the music and chalk circle uh we've took certain musical numbers like uh this land is your land um and we took the melody a of, lovely greenwood yeah yeah totally <laughs> woody guthrie rolls over in his oh. screen <laughs> uh, no we took we took uh, a lot of very known melodies, or we're trying to. Uh, we're taking known melodies and putting Brecht's words to those. Mm. Because, you know, once you hear that, you, you know what the tune is, and you're more focused on what the character is trying to say rather than, you know, the, the pizzazz, I guess, of most music. And Do you feel like there are going to be people going, oh, this is that verse of This Land is Your Land that I don't know? Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. This must be <laughs> the, the last third ver- verse. The socialist verse of <laughs> This Land is Your Land, yeah. Um, well, I, I hope they at least go, oh, yeah, I know that, and then just kind of, you know, actually hear what the character has to say. At least that's my hope. Sure. So what other sort of plans do you guys have at Scheherazade? Whew. Um, Did I say that right? Scheherazade, yeah. I mean, there's Scheherazade, Scheherazade, Scheherazade. I've, there's Depending on how far east you go in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's also <laughs> the nice, there's a nice German way of which to say Scheherazade and... Um, we just kind of play with, you know, as long as you're some, if, as long as you're close, I, I don't really care. <laughs> um, but other plans, uh, we've had tons of ideas of other things that we'd like to do, um, tons of other plays. But we're just trying to get this one off the ground first, and then we'll see where we're going to go. What's the ticket price? Uh, that would be $15 for adults, uh, 12 for students and seniors, curtains at 8 you know, and there's group discounts. So, you know, bring tons of people. And we're going on at the Playground Theater here at Ensemble. Yes, we are. Yeah. That's great. What, uh, before before we go, can you uh, just give us a, kind of an idea of, of some of the actors? Do we know any of these actors? Oh, yeah. They've been, they've many of them have been in Cleveland for a long time, and they're all actors that I adore and respect. Um, Robert Hawks, Val Young, uh, Al Branstein, Steve Vass Hansel, uh, August Scarpelli and Kayla Davis are both in it as well, my co-founders. Um, April Needham. Uh, Caitlin, uh, Tur- I'm gonna s- screw up her last name. Um, Caitlin, 
Is it Kayla Jahirzad? No, it's not that. <laughs> I know I know that much at least. Uh, Rotuno, there it is. Uh, and James Rankin, who's been in the Cleveland scene for a long time as well. Um, I mean, these are all ensemble veterans as oh, well, for right? Sure. Like, I yeah. feel like so I've been some in a play people. with all of them, except for April, who is now in... Well. well she's in well yeah. right now, yeah. And Caitlin is also... This is going to be the first time she's done a play, and she's told me, what, seven years. Uh, Tim Young's also going to be in there. Tim's a really talented guy. I always love working with him. And um, Brittany Ganser, who will be helping us out. Um, yeah, it's a, it's it's a it's quite a cast, and they have quite an undertaking. But I'm really confident that they're all going to do really well. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And we guys open October 27th through November 12th. All right. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate you coming in. No, thanks for letting me ha- have be on here. And uh, so that's Jaharazad's opening play of their the, this new theater company here in Cleveland, opening. October 27th. October 27th and running through? November 12th. November 12th at Ensemble's Playground Theater here in Cleveland Heights, Ohio. Thanks for coming in, Kyle. Thanks. Yeah, good to have you, man. Break a leg. Uh, uh, I, hopefully all, they, all of that will. They, they will. The actors will. I don't want to break legs. <laughs> all right. All right, this has been Cleveland Theater Podcasts. We'll see you next time. I'm Tyler. This is Ian. I'm Kyle. Later. Remember, all the world's a stage. Live on it. (laughs) Is that going to be our tagline? I think think it should be. All right, welcome back to Cleveland Stage Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Witten. With your co-host, Ian Hinge. And we're here today with the uh, other co-founding members of Shahirzad Theater Company, a new theater here in Cleveland. And we're here with August and Kayla, uh, who are the co-founders of Shahirazad Theater Company. I've said it correctly twice now. Thank you very much. I've been researching for this interview. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit with Kyle Huff, um, you know, about how the theater got started, what the impetus of it was, and maybe you guys can expand a little bit more even on that. Like, what was the gap or in Cleveland theater do you think that you feel like you're going to fill? Or even what was how what was the process of coming up with this idea of starting this theater company and how you guys came up with your mission? Yeah. Uh, well, the three of us are graduates of Hiram College. Uh, we all were there at the same time. And a lot of it stems from that, the kind of theater that we want to do. And when we all found ourselves at Ensemble Theater, we saw a lot of parallels between those two types and saw an opportunity to create theater like that, theater that is immersive in a bit of a different way than we've seen in the Cleveland theater scene, and to just create a different theater with different world playwrights, and we feel like Ensemble is a good home to do that in just because it's so uh, similar in a lot of ways to what we want to do. So when we, in the early spring of this year, the three of us got together and started talking and said, hey, why don't we try to do something? We just felt like it was a good time, good place, and they were kind of just opening the gate. Yeah, we the three of us were really lucky. We were taught by a fellow at Hiram College. His name was Rick Hyde. And one of the basic things he tried to instill in us was that from the second you walk into the theater building, uh, it's important that you're, in a sense, in the world of the play, or you're starting to think about it. From the moment you enter to the moment you leave, that's what you should be doing as an audience member and as an actor. And so we sort of saw the opportunity, having worked here at Ensemble, uh, we think pretty successfully for a couple of years that it might be a good idea to try to bring that, uh, those ideas into the fabulous new stuff we were learning here at Ensemble. What is it that's going to separate Shahirazad from the other theater then? Uh, firstly, I think 
Honestly, uh, you don't see a lot of people do Bertolt Brecht, and it might be silly thinking the uh, the differentiation is going to be with a playwright, but Brecht comes with a very uh, specific style and a way of looking at the world that I think will help set us apart from the other theater around. It's a Brecht designed a theater that was uh, very open. He not only smashed the fourth wall, but allowed the audience to sort of exist with the play in a in a critical in a conscious way uh, and at least most of the time when i go to see plays which isn't as often as i'd like i find myself sitting there and sort of getting lost enjoying the play that i'm watching like a good meal and then it's sort of kind of i digest it and it goes away at the end and we want to try to inspire something else we want to really inspire people to when they're going out and having a beer after they see this show to not only be talking about it and how great the actors were but what are the what are the social and political things that you know still resonate with us, and what can we do about it? So, is this something that you can do without a Brecht play? I think so. I think yeah. so. I think most um, there are definitely there's a lot of playwrights that did this before. This goes back to Shakespeare and way before. I think this is what the Greeks were really trying to do with their plays, and probably how their audience perceived them. But he was at least in the 20th century when I think humanity sort of lost its way. Uh, Only in the 20th century? <laughs> the Inquisition. Kids fine. these days. <laughs> Inquisition, fine. No problem. Mel Brooks had a great time with the Inquisition. 100 years war, and we were still okay. Just really? the entire population in the new world. Yeah. Suburbs? And <laughs> TV dinners? That's it. The last straw. Absolutely. Okay. Well, one of the problems is we are, most of us are probably vain enough to think that this problem started that late. Uh, but he was someone in recent history. That, that took that and blew it, blew it wide open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, speaking against Tyler's question of how will we apply uh, that same idea to other plays, I think, um, speaking specifically, when you're going to go in to see Caucasian Chalk Circle, which opens October 27th, um, <laughs> you're nice going to see... Good. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you're going to see some things that are a little different. I mean... <sighs> You're not going to walk in and see a full house built, you know, with all this detail, not to um, say anything negatively about design, which we wouldn't because we're both designers. But just I think one main thing that we're going to try to do is not try to shy away from the fact that we're in we're in a theater. This is a play. You are not, you know, in Gruzinia when we're doing Caucasian Chalk Circle. You're in a playground space and we are presenting this story to you that we want them to take with you. We don't want them to, you know only focus on the entertainment aspect of the theater. We want them to focus on the education aspect of it and take it with them. And I think that principle is something you can apply to any play. I think so. I think we have, you know, we've seen the beginnings of that a lot around and their ideas that we've seen in Cleveland theater that we really love. And we, um, mm-hmm. we, we want to start drawing more attention to them. Right. We think those are some of the aspects that are really important and that help people and mm-hmm. audience members. So what other uh, theater disciplines or what other perspectives or what other even playwrights uh, are you all attracted to or can we expect to see on the Scheherazade stage? Mm. Fun question. Mm, Um, What what else have we been talking about? Something that we've been talking about sort of as we imagine the beauty of what this company is going to be uh, is uh, playwrights that that changed the conversation of theater. Um, it could be people like Samuel Beckett or Jean Genet. Yeah. Um, could Duramont. be, yeah, Friedrich Duramont. Uh, even, and that's mostly middle of the 20th century stuff, but um, early Ibsen plays, people that really came in and 
and shook things up. Okay. Shakespeare is clearly one. Do you think people are going to actually go see this place? <laughs> well, mm. we sure hope so. <laughs> I'm just asking. The no, point. no. It's so. I, and let me let me get context. So, yeah. so, so that um, I think that the argument goes a little bit like this, right? And I'm not I'm not taking playing devil's advocate. Oh, sure. Go ahead. But the argument goes a little bit like this. Mm-hmm. That's academic theater. Mm-hmm. Out here, we need to figure out a way to sell tickets. Right. So, what is you know? How do you how do you see doing those plays, which I think are great. I love. Yeah. I mean, you know. Enemy of the People, right? Mm-hmm. Arthur Absolutely. Miller did an adaptation of that. That's an Ibsen play. So he he was in very much the same vein of yeah. taking that play and bringing it, but yeah. he did his own adaptation, changed things to to exactly. suit that what the the dialect dialectic of the time was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of part of the plan, or what's how do you see yourself translating that for modern yeah. audiences? Okay, so, um, sort of, I think you kind of hit it there. Um, I often equate it to what people often do with Shakespeare plays, I think, is something that people could um, speak to. You know, Tyler loves Shakespeare. He oh, does. do you, Tyler? <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. I all about oh, it. We'll have to have a separate Tyler Shakespeare podcast. But um, people do Shakespeare all the time, and um, they will often, you know, change the presentation. They will apply it specifically to their time, to their culture, to their social uh, structure, so I think that's all part of selling the play, of making it accessible to your current audience. And I think that's a lot of what we want to do with different plays. And of course, we don't only want to do 20th century playwrights. We want to do a bunch of different things. We've talked about Shakespeare. We've talked about Tennessee Williams. I would love to do Orpheus Descending one day. You know, there's an endless list of things we like to do. But I think a main point we're going to do with any play or production is make it accessible um, to our audience so that they are taking it with them when they go out to dinner, when they go home. So it stays with them. For instance, what we've attempted to do with Caucasian Chalk Circle is, um, since we've translated it from the original German um, by Bertolt Brecht, we have a We've updated the language as much as yeah. Kyle told us you guys used uh, Google, Google Translate. translate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with a couple of resources, but it's amazing, guys. <laughs> uh, but basically, um, not just updating the language, but really translating the language not only across um, the actual language barrier, but into our time, yeah. um, and hope to cool. draw specific things out of there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it might it might seem idealistic and maybe even drastically naive but i've always felt like look if you just do what you're gonna do and just do it well Mm -hmm. eventually it will be appreciated now the problem of course and we find this in all spectrums of art uh, especially theater since that's sort of our forte it's like how do you sustain yourself until you get that appreciation Mm -hmm. right and that doesn't mean that I, i don't think theaters have to do Shakespeare, or they have to do Christmas Carol to sell tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, though it doesn't hurt. <laughs> and sure. There are many theaters who sustain who like who sustain their entire seasons just on their their Christmas programming. You know, it sounds like what you guys want to do is make it accessible, yeah, and, but also make it even approachable. Which I think, you know, there might very well be a market for that and an mm-hmm. audience for an approachable Genet. Yeah. <laughs> the blacks, well, is, the blacks is a great place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think the other the other thing it sounds to me like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that you really kind of want to take some of the alienation concepts that Brett yes. has come up with and, and apply them to to other theater exactly. works. And I yeah. think that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, we did it. We did it with uh, sexual perversity in Chicago in uh-huh. a lot of ways when we did it in the bar. That was a great. Yeah. I mean, that was that's a lot a, of fun. Yeah, it's it's great. It can really. I think it can really shape. 
you know, I think it can shape the audience's perception of what a new play yeah. is. And I think there are movements, uh, even today, that are successful with that, right? Like the neo-futurists out of Chicago, <laughs> and now they're in New York and San Francisco, and I think London even. Uh, you know, I think that's a great example of a theater company who took this, what seemed like a wild or crazy idea, mm -hmm. and, you know, made it work. Yeah. Right. No, absolutely. Exactly. We saw a lot of the things that we think about, at least when we approach Caucasian Chalk Circle, we saw a lot of those elements when Ensemble did The Great Gatsby. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it was, it was started like that. Critics love that. Critics show. love <laughs> Well, we did. So. We did. We saw it like two or three times. Mm -hmm. But hey. <laughs> Great. So what else is in, in the works for, uh, not the, not that show wise, but like, what are your oh. plans? Do you think yeah. even long term? Uh, well, we also Hello. do, uh, we're going to have a little fundraiser coming mm -hmm. up, um, October 1st at our beloved bottle house brewery. Um, it will be October 1st from seven to 10 o'clock. We are going to just try to have some fun, spread the word. Um, we're going to be having a little bake sale, mm -hmm. a little raffle, um, not even for anyone that we invite. If you walk in the bar and you are having a drink and see an awesome raffle, go ahead and poke your head in, and we're just uh, going to try to get that going pretty soon. It'll be October 1st. And we'll also be performing an original Tyler J.C. Wooden play, oh, yes. um, which I know oh, you're right. all itching to see. Yeah. You know, so get there. Mm -hmm. And a couple other. You guys are really, yeah. really trying some new stuff. Oh, yeah. You're shaking oh, yeah. it up, Tyler. I'm telling you. Yeah. All right, great. So your uh, fundraiser is going to be October 1st, yes. and Ch Caucasian Chalk Circle opens October 27th through November 12th, Fridays and Saturdays at 8. eight. <clears throat> and uh, Sundays at 2 in the playground space of Ensemble Theater. Great. And for more information, they can go to. You can go to our Facebook page that is up and running. You can go ahead, like it, follow it, spread some love on it. Um, and how do you spell search it? Shahrazad. Okay, let me break this uh, spelling down for you. S H A H R A Z A D. Mm. Shahrazad Theater Company. Do, do, it's very theater that's theater with an R E, of course. <laughs> right. The only way to spell theater. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. zah, zah, zah. I can't wait for all the attempts at spelling and pronunciation. It's going to be great. All right. Well, Kayla Davis and August, thank you very much for coming out. Thank we you. appreciate you all yeah, being here. Uh, we'll, obviously, we'll be tracking the success and the yeah. future programming for Scheherazade Theater uh, here at Ensemble Theater. And if you want tickets to Scheherazade, you can go and find them at the Ensemble Theater box office. Mm -hmm. That's Ensemble Theater, R-E, Klee, dot org. Great. All the world's a stage. There it is. All right. Is that going to be our thing? All right. <laughs>